0: Thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. Welcome everyone. We're going to be in classes for today. Um, I want to go out of order because why not? We started off the book in chapter two, and then went to chapter one, and three, and four. So let's finish off chapter 4 the out of order. Um, let's read. We're gonna we're gonna read verses um, seven through the end, and then we'll go back and read the first few verses. Pause, final instructions and greetings. Does anybody want to read this? Fair warning, there are some um, interesting names in here. You can pronounce them however you like if you're reading. What verse did you say
1: you wanted to start at? Verse 7. Yeah. Sure, why not? Go for it. Go will tell you about... Nice we'll <laughs> Go for it. Sure. <laughs> we'll <laughs> tell, tell you about... I mean, that might as well be how he said it. Um, we're boys. Uh, we'll tell you... All about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and how that he may encourage you your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus. My fellow prisoner greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me.
0: Right, I'm uh, look, look, sorry, let's just stop there for right now. Okay. Besides the uh, interesting names, what's going on here? It's pretty typical greeting. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying I'm sending some people to you. Okay. Who? Why? Why are people being sent, or what's the purpose of them being sent? I'm
2: assuming to help and guide <laughs> and teach.
0: Okay. And if you take into account who who is writing this letter, the Paul, call Paul. Paul. And where is he at right now? Prison. Prison. Paul's in prison a lot, and he's in prison at this point in time. Also, when he's writing Colossians here, um, he's writing to the people of. Colossia, Alassia, everyone pronounce it. And so, you know, you talk about why he's writing to them right now to kind of like help them in their journey right now. They're all, they're all, um, Christians are all believers in Christ, but they've come from this background of worshiping other gods, Roman and Greek gods. Um, and so he's giving them all this advice up until this point about, you know, how to live this new life. Essentially it's kind of what it has all boiled down to what to do, what not to do. Um, and now he's like, alright, you know, he's still in prison here, so he wants to get this letter to the people, um, to the Colossians. Paul's never been to there, um, to Colossia before, so he's sending, you know, these people with the report, with this letter of, hey, here's some instructions for you guys. This is not a church that Paul helped plant or found. Um, there are lots of other ones um, that he did help like to establish. Um, I don't recall exactly which ones he did, I think like Ephesians, like um, the church in Ephesus, and Philippi, I think some of those, don't quote me exactly on which ones, but that Paul himself was there, he helped start, and he's like writing to his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, like, guys, like this, like, I've heard these things, and like, I don't like the way I'm here going, so here's some instructions, but for the Colossians, he's never been there, and he's writing them this letter, so we have, yeah, this other guy, um, Aristarchus, who was in prison with him, and you know, he was talking about these other people who going to take the letter to him, to the Colossians. Uh, go ahead, you want to continue on from 12?
1: Sure. <clears throat> Epiphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And see <clears throat> and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting to you with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Awesome. What do you
0: guys think? of anything from, from verse seven to the end so far. Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, observation,
2: surface level, going deeper. I think on the surface it kinda, it's really good that, cause he, to recognize he is in prison. He's right in the city, he still has the, I don't know like how to say it, but it's like when people like plant a tree and they know that they'll never see that tree grow but they plant it because they know generations after them will see it. It's like doing something knowing you won't reap any like actual reward, or you're not gonna you're not gonna gain the fruits from doing any of it. You're kind of because he's in prison, he's not gonna see he's not gonna see this church grow. But he's sending people to then hopefully grow this church into a better church. And then at the end it says, "Remember my bounds," or "Remember my chains." Grace be with you, Amen. And I think. He says that because he's, because like, even like learning about Paul, even in church and everything, he will always bring up, be Paul in prison. He was in prison and he was still always praising the Lord. And so I think he's saying that because he's like, as like an example, remember where I'm at and where I'm writing and how I'm talking to you, even though I'm in prison, I'm giving you some, I'm still praising God. Yeah. And I think that's just pretty service sort level of stuff right there. I think it's pretty. I just, it's pretty good. That's awesome. Cause I read it before. I read it like during the week, and I was like, I wonder where Ben's gonna go with this one. I was like, because well, I'm leaving, I'm like, bro, I don't see nothing. I mean, it looks just like the genealogy stuff. It's like it's it's important nonetheless, but it's like, what's even in this? Like, what is this even? Like, I was like, it's cool, but but then rereading it now and actually looking at it and thinking more of like going more in depth is pretty cool to think about it. Yeah.
0: You know, I, honestly, I struggled a lot with chapter four, because, like, I can attest, like, I, I, was, I was trying to work on this lesson at one point, she went out, and I like, came back, like, two hours later, I'm, like, in the same spot, she's like, I left, you were there, I came back, you were there, I'm, like, I had a blank page still, and I, I struggled with it a lot, because I'm, like, I don't have anything to say on this whole mm-hmm. chapter, I'm, like, okay, he's just saying goodbye, and here's, you know, these people have a letter, but I think there's actually still some stuff here that we'll we'll dig into. Um, what else? Any any observations? Anything else? It can just be like, oh yeah, you know, like, oh, I've heard this name before, or I've heard, you know, oh, hey, how about this? A Real quick observation: Did you say her house? That is a difference between King James, New King James, and everything else. It actually says like says this one. Has,
2: this one says his her his house. Yeah. When you said her house, I was like, there'll,
0: there'll be two variances between that, and then somewhere else, I think it says. Uh, I think like nephew instead
2: of yeah, like mine says like the uh, sister son of of something and stuff like the that. Cousin of
0: Barnabas? Yeah, it's it's First just thing, it's just one. It, that's a slight difference in the translation, <coughs> yeah. um, which is the gender, but that's a difference. So
2: I was just I was just one, I was like, mm-hmm. I'll see the significance in this thing. Her house or his house? I thought house, that might come up. But because I was like, I know
0: you you use that version. Mm-hmm. I, I had heard that was a thing in this chapter that New King James
2: uses a. Or have a different translation of Listen, it, he or That's she. what I was like when I was like, it's not really talking about like something crazy, but like, I don't think that's a big mess. I could have just been when they're reading tra- translation between like, and I know they're all written in different languages.
0: Mm-hmm. Could also so, be something that's as simple as like, a name like Pat or Bobby. It could be like, you know, mm-hmm. um, one of those names that are like... Wait, right, because like he said yeah.
2: Mark and mine says Marcus. So like, that's not really a difference. It's the same name. Mm-hmm. It's just...
0: All right,
1: what else? Any observations? Any other comments? Questions? Yeah, it's just oh, interesting. Learning that, uh, like, Mark is the cousin of Barnabas. I guess I forgot that. Because um, Barnabas is the um, disciple that okay. replaces um, Judas, Judas. That right? And then he talks about Luke, the physician. So he's like. Talking back to <coughs>
0: disciples that directly walked with Jesus. which was kind of interesting just cool. to see their names in passing. You yeah. Know. And it's actually this um, verse, verse 14, is the only reason we know that Luke is a doctor. Like when we were reading the Gospel of Luke and we know that, like, you know, Luke is a physician or a doctor, this is the only verse that says that in the mm-hmm. Bible. This is the only context we have of him being a doctor. But as you're reading Luke, it makes sense. To have that knowledge because you see how it's a lot more descriptive about things. And how he's describing the crucifixion, he goes into a lot more detail about mm-hmm. the blood and the water separating and this happening and like, oh, like, you know, this, you know. So he goes into it with a more medical professional perspective. And to know that he is a doctor, it makes more sense as you're reading it. What about verse 18? Remember my chains. What do you guys think about that?
3: Part of it's like, remember me and don't forget that I'm here. Right? Because he's... Early on, it's like I'm, you know, sending, you know, word. I'm sending greeting. I'm sending encouragement, you know, from where I'm at. You know, but these churches are also supporting him even while he's in prison. So... I feel like it's multifold, but I think that's one piece of it.
0: <laughs> I think it's quite, it, it's it's such an, I, I feel like those three words are my favorite three words in this whole chapter. Well, Colossians 4. Um, remember Mike James. You know, I don't, I don't think he's, he's not, I don't think he's bragging. He's not trying to, like, get sympathy, like, hey guys, don't forget I'm over here suffering. Like, don't forget about me, like, I'm really, you know, it really sucks for me. Yeah, but like he's he's claiming the authority like the, of what guarantees his right to speak. Like I'm in chains because I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't forget that. But at the same time, I think that's such you know, you know his whole thing is he's writing a letter to people who believe in Jesus, but he's trying to get them to fully commit their lives to Jesus as he did. But he's the one in chains in prison writing them this letter. Like how it doesn't sound super you know, encouraging to be reading a letter from someone who was like, Hey, you should do what I did and follow my path. So that you can But don't forget I'm in prison as I'm writing this letter.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But follow follow what I
3: did. Right? You know, dedicate your life to Jesus. But also who would want to? Mm-hmm. Who would want to live that life knowing they're gonna to go to jail? Right? So that's kind of an interesting place.
2: Yeah. Do they say that in any other one of his letters? What's that? Remember my chains. I looked at a couple of them and they haven't seen it. I don't know if it mentions it,
3: um, but Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians are considered the prison epistles. So those are the four that are I
2: w- considered there's to there's be a, when he was in prison. I wonder if there's like a significance to Colossians.
0: It could be because like, he was never there and they don't know him. <laughs> Like personally, haven't met him, so maybe he's just like, "Hey, like by the way, don't forget that like I'm in prison as I'm writing this." Mm -hmm. Whereas word probably spread to the places where he was at, like, "Guys, did you hear? Paul is in prison." So like, that's just my assumption. I don't know. Yeah. Now, what do you guys think about verse twelve? He says, "He always prays earnestly for you." asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that He prays hard for you, and also for the believers in Laodicea and Hierapolis. I can assure you that He prays hard for you. I just thought that was really interesting. Are there any other translations in that, in verse 13, like besides it saying, praise hard? think Zach's translation
5: said it works hard. Hard.
1: Just, I think he says, is suffering. I think it said, right? In yeah, verse 13. Verse 13. Um, verse 13. Uh, He's worked hard
2: for you. Yeah. He, worked
6: hard for you. he
1: yeah. says, struggling on your behalf in the other part. Mine well, says,
6: great zeal and passion.
2: For I say that mine says, yeah, for, for I bear record that he hath a great zeal for you. Okay. I thought zeal was like happiness. Or like a more of him than when he said work. That was pretty cool.
1: Seal is almost like passion. Passion,
2: okay.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And the words that I use like for from 4 and twelve when you're talking about the prayers, it says laboring fervently. But that just sounds like, like some intense prayer. Like he's like he like probably like, sits in one spot or maybe walks around but he's like all that sounds like an all day thing, like laboring. Oh, laboring to me like I labor at work. So if like if I treated prayer as I put as much labor in my prayer as I do in my work, I'd be sweating. Mm. Like I mean, i will be hot. i will be hard. I'd be tired even.
1: I think that's a really good way of
4: saying yeah. that. Dude. I like that.
2: That's well, also, like when I'm like if he's like laboring over prayer, that's an intense prayer, my man. Like
0: that's a perfect way to segue into what we're about what to do. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, we read verse 1 because I felt like that tied into the end of chapter 3 before so um, that, that goes with what we were talking about there so we're going to start at verse 2 2-5 um, two through five, who wants to take that short part there are no difficult names in there
2: I'll take it <clears throat> continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Said to five, mm-hmm. through uh, sorry through six, let your speech always let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man.
0: I guess <laughs> I'll read it in in NLT as well, just to have another way to hear it it's titled an encouragement for prayer devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart pray for us too that god will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning christ that is why i am here in chains pray that i will proclaim this message as clearly as i should live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will give so that you will have the right response for everyone.
6: At the end mine says for then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. And I think that's really kinda of like a good way to phrase it because some people can when they ask like, oh, about like like I know for me sometimes at work people will ask about my faith, but I don't know if they are asking or if they're trying to be like, Oh Jesus So like I feel like I'll come with like a non- yeah like a non good answer like i get offended that they say that but i feel like no even if they are like trying to mock me i should give them a respectful answer Mm. about my faith about what it is and even like with the whole homeowner me and gary we've multiple times people like why aren't you moving with each other but and it's kind of like it gets so redundant and so annoying that we aren't respectful so then i feel like people are like oh well those jesus people they're rude So I feel I think it's really nice that they're like, you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. And then it also says, like, from the tempered with truth and clarity, or the season of salt, it says it literally means be friendly, clear, and making people thirsty for that truth. Like, they're like, want to hear more. They want to know. They want want that friendly, clear, but they also want to know more because salt makes you thirsty. Like, Mm -hmm. as a metaphor, which I think
1: is really nice. I think going back to 3 and 4, talking about, uh, he says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Just bringing up prison again, Uh, well, he's bringing up prison before he brings it up the last time, which is probably what he's referencing at the end, like, hey, remember my chains, because he brings that up in the beginning of this passage mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? He's talking about, um, pray, like pray for us where we are. Like, I'm in prison for this specific reason um, to declare the mystery of Christ, right? So, like, when he says it at the end, remember, I'm in prison, he's kind of referencing back, hey, remember to declare the mystery of Christ, if that makes any sense. don't know if that translated out of my brain mm-hmm. into your ears, but... And then back to two, for me,
5: I like the two key parts of prayer that he brings up, of having an alert mind and a thankful heart, and coming to God with a posture of gratitude and humility, with A thankful heart, I think, is so important. Um, But then also being aware of, like, multiple things, like our surroundings, our own, like, misgivings or things that we're upset about. Um, Being mindful of the work of, like, the enemy in that day as well when you come to him with prayer. And, like, uh, just being on alert, essentially, which can look different for everybody and mean different things. But I think for me, it's like, okay, I'm also want to guard my heart, guard my tongue, guard all these things. Like I need to be alert in those ways too, even in prayer and every aspect of my life. But I like those two, that he brings up those two things.
0: Yeah, that's good. What does that mean to have an alert mind during prayer? So, no distractions.
3: Being intentional.
4: Intentional,
3: yeah. Going to six, I guess all translations don't have it, but uh, seasoned with salt. Uh, I do like your comment about it being more tasty, making it thirsty. Right, that's a good thought. Um, I don't know if it's meant this way, but back in the day, salt was expensive, it's not something you just threw out. So if you're going to season something with salt, that is going to be intentional. that's going to have some thought to it. You know, that's how you preserve your food. that's how you know it was very valuable and they didn't have pounds and pounds and pounds of salt you know in the grocery store, mm-hmm. right? That wasn't a thing. Um, cool. In uh, nearer uh, history, you know salt was valuable enough, you know it was traded you know like gold or anything else. Yeah, you know, so help preserve it, and keep things fresh and yeah. So adds flavor. So, so in that sense,
2: there's a certain value to the words that maybe. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time salt's so been brought up in the Bible. No, so it's brought it's up multiple times, time. as, or like the salt of the earth and. Right. Also, the observation that like this is like another short little like this verses fourth or two through six really. Like if you read number one or verse chapter 1 of Colossians, that it, like, the is Paul's prayer. He's almost, like, being redundant. Because, like, in Paul's prayer, he says all these things just in greater detail in verse 1. It's like, giving thanks, be grateful, we wish knowledge for you for the will of God, we, like, he's showing, like, he was telling, he was, like, giving a prayer in the beginning, and then he's re-edifying that this is how you also should pray. This isn't just for me because I'm some high, mighty Christian. This is like this is how everyone should pray. This is just telling you again, I'm not just talking a big game. I also want you to do it. Yeah, it's not just for me to do it. So I think that was pretty cool. Redundancy is important. I like redundancy. <clears throat> kind of tells you like, hey, pay attention.
0: Now yeah, we see that that Paul supported the Colossian church through his prayers for them. Uh, that, what we just saw in that early part two through six, their life and ministry would continue to prosper. Uh, through continued vigilance and in prayer, including prayer on their own part, and with the alert mind and thankful heart, and you know what he's asking them to pray for. I think they're saying that prayer should be mingled with praise. Like you should, you should, you know, proclaim this message as he's saying. Like you want it to be very clear. Um, and look at what he's asking prayer for, right? He's in prison. It's not like, hey guys, pray that I get out of jail. Pray for my health and my safety. He doesn't mention any of those things. But what is he asking them to pray for?
5: That he'd be able to speak the gospel clearly. Yeah. It's a
0: real
5: bed check. like, mm. I was just talking to my brother, and he's like, Why is life so hard? I'm like, Okay, perspective. <laughs> but how often do we? the exact same things and it's like so wanting to pray and it's not bad it's not bad if Paul chose to pray for you know getting out of prison or whatever but he was so sold out for this message he was so wanting of people to like know Jesus and like look your lives will be so completely different and you have to know it Like he was so wanting people to understand who Jesus was, what his mission was, why he came, like he to the point where nothing else mattered. Literally his own circumstances didn't matter. Whether he died in prison or didn't, like we I think we read that in Romans is like whether this happens or not, whether I have food or I don't, like all of it is meaningless in comparison to Christ. Like Mm -hmm. Christ is everything. All day, like, do I really feel that way every single day of my life? Like, I, can, I don't know that I can confidently say that I do. But Paul, like,
7: he was so it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Um, in my filament app uh, thing commentary about the alert mind thing, it, it says that the Greek word. The Greek verb behind this phrase is used in the New Testament to portray the need for Christians to be watchful in light of Christian of Christ's return. So it gives references in Matthew, in Mark, First Thessalonians, and in Revelation, um, and it all of them seems to basically say the same thing. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Um, so I thought that's interesting because like. Paul is in prison. He can't do much from prison. But he's sending his in a way co-workers and people that he knows mm-hmm. to go out and tell people about the good news so that they can come to Christ and be prepared for when Jesus comes back. And then they and like they will understand like Paul is suffering. He has the chains and everything. But and if those other people who are listening to the gospel through his, um, friends, co-workers, whatever you want to call it, um, they will be living a much better life with Christ in their lives, even through trouble, through whatever their hardships are on earth, but they'll be prepared for when Jesus comes back, so, like, that just being alert in your prayer, just remembering, like, sure, I'm in chains or I'm going through XYZ, but Jesus is coming back, and i won't be suffering anymore. Um, so I thought that was good. Uh,
0: cool. Yeah, comment. I think that we, I don't know if I'll say always, but way too often, not just us in this room, but us as Christians, find ourselves praying more for personal things over eternal things. That <coughs> not good. You're but, you know, praying for safety, but praying more for safety than for God's message to be spread. Like uh, how often do we pray for, you know, God keep us safe and God keep us. You know, I think they're all great things to pray. I'm not saying don't pray for them, you know, because any, any long road trip, I pray for you know safety during the road trip. Not a bad thing to pray for. But let's make sure we're also including. Help me to take this word. Help me to take your gospel along with you and spread your word. So I'm going to dive into prayer a little bit. Prayer is. You know, he's encouraging them to pray. And he, he speaks a lot about prayer here. Prayer is a discipline. It doesn't come naturally or conveniently to us. In Luke 11, 1, the disciples came to him and were like, Lord, teach us how to pray. And that's where we have, quote, unquote, the Lord's Prayer. Which really, more realistically, it should be named like the Disciples Prayer. Because he's giving them... This prayer as like a template to follow, like, hey guys, this is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, right? Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Help us forgive. Help us not go into temptation. Like all this, it's a template of like come into it, just as you said, with praise and thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? It's praising him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. He's accepting, like, I'd rather what you want happen than what I want. And we see this as an example. Jesus didn't just, like, talk the talk. He walked the walk as he's, you know, right before he's about to be crucified, he prays, like, Lord God, if you can can take this cup of suffering away from me, like, if there's any other way for me to achieve this without having to die on a cross, please let there be another way. But if not, then I'll accept what I have coming and go on across. Now even Jesus is is giving up his own comfort and safety and life for God's will instead. Um, a 20th century Scottish evangelist, Oswald Chambers, I don't know if he means anyone, um, he said this, I think it's a really good quote. We tend to use prayer as a last resort, but God wants it to be our first line of defense. We pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we can do anything at all. Just showing the, how, how we use prayer as like, Oh man, nothing worked out the way I thought it would have. Alright, last resort. God, help me with this, help me with that, help it all go right, right. Instead of using that as the line of defense. God thank you for this. Bless this. Let no harm come here. Let it, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that we pray when, when there's nothing else we can do instead of praying before we do anything at all. And we and you know we see in, in uh Mark 135, Jesus being the Son of God, who has all the unlimited resources of his Father in heaven, you know, with him. He, saw, he sees the need to get up early in the morning, before the sun rises, to go into a solitary place to pray. And if Jesus, who has unlimited resources and power available to him at any given point in time, sees the need to isolate and spend time in prayer one-on-one time with God, how much more do we need to do that? We don't have unlimited resources and power and that we're not God, but yet Jesus, who is God, still sees the necessity to spend time with his Father. So, as I'm, as I'm kind of writing those words, essentially, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Or maybe that's what I'm writing today, I'm not sure. But, at some point today, a little bit before Bible study, I, I felt, you know, and thinking on that part, about how much Jesus saw the necessity to pray to God. I thought about my own prayer life, and where I'm currently at. And you know we, we choose to make time for things that matter, and things that don't matter, we don't make time for. As simple as that. You know, we, I'll, I'll choose in the morning, as most probably do and hopefully do, to brush your teeth every morning before going to work at some point, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But I don't always make time in the morning to read the Bible or spend time in prayer with God. So, the way I see it for myself is I prioritize brushing my teeth over spending time with God. It might be a little dramatic, but, I mean, that's it's true. I make sure I always have food in my stomach before I leave for work, whether that's, I have time to eat a bowl of cereal or I take a bed with cream cheese in the car and eat it on the go if I'm rushing. You know, I make sure I am fed before I go to work. Like, do I always make sure that I'm spiritually fed before going to work? Can't honestly say I do all the time. And so, yeah, the, the way I look at it, that I've I've personally been recently convicted is that uh, you know, looking at what I prioritize over reading God's word. You know, And generally speaking, I prioritize food and things involving food, and my job is food, and all these things over time with God. And I don't always make sure to read the Bible and spend time in prayer. Another thing is... Prayer is a disposition, not just a destination. Disposition, like posture of the heart, right? Prayer is a posture of the heart, not just a destination. There are places in the Bible talks about going away in prayer. You know, even just in what I just referenced, Mark 135, Jesus went away in prayer. There are places you can go away in prayer. You can have, like the movie War Room, you can have a, a room, a closet, a designated place where you can pray and that can be a destination. But prayer is a matter of the heart. It's a a posture of the heart. Prayer can happen anywhere, any place, any time, any way, really. And I would even suggest making prayer, like praying, because we're told to pray without ceasing, pray all the time, right? To never stop praying. I would even suggest praying during... Doing, while you're doing the things that you don't like doing, doing, doing the things that you hate doing. One of my most enjoyable times at prayer, when I look back on you know my journey and stuff, when I was working at a hotel um, doing in the breakfast department and I had to wash dishes. that was part of my job responsibility running that department and running. I was a one-man department, so I had to wash my own dishes too. But I took the part that I hated the most of washing dishes and I turned that into a prayer time eventually. And I turn it into I have, you know, ninety-five one playing at times, other times I'll turn it off and you know I'm just singing and worshiping and other times I'm I'm just praying as I'm scrubbing dishes, washing, rinsing, sanitizing, air dry, repeat. You know, I'm just praying like to thank you God and you know, for what he has done, you know, making my requests to him and, and all these things. So that would be my my suggestions from anyone. If you if you have trouble spending time in pray, pray during something that you don't like doing. Help the time pass too. My absolute absolute least favorite chore is folding laundry. I hate it with passion. I'd rather wash dishes than fold laundry. I don't like washing dishes either. But just another example of something that you can be doing right and. Prayer is a two-way street. It's a communication. Just like there needs to be, um, just like for you to pray, you need to verbally speak it. For you to hear from God, you need to be quiet so you can hear him respond. Lily, I just want to tell you um, that, you know, like, today work was, like, good. Things were, like, going by pretty quick. But then, like, this happened. And, like, what are your thoughts? Like, why did this happen? And why why did my coworker, like, take this thing away from me when, like, I told him that I wanted to do it? And then um, then my boss said this. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I am doing this. And he was like, this, yeah. So, like, why is that happening? And also, like, I was curious, like, why, like, my friend did this thing and it really annoyed me. Um, and now, like, this is going on, and really, I, I, I'm really hoping for, like, a raise soon, and um, and why can't I get the answers that I'm looking for? Should I look for a new job? Should I, should I, I have this big decision coming up, and also I've been thinking about, like, should I go back to school, and should I do this, and I'm curious about going for, you know, going to do, to do this, but um, I'm just not sure, I, I'm looking for an answer from you, uh, but I haven't gotten an answer from you yet, so, and also, so, like, I was wondering about, like, mom and dad, and so, like, how... Like, you know, like, are they gonna get better? And, you know, uh, and like, why aren't they getting better? Like, I'm really mad, like, why won't you tell me why they're getting better? And, um, she's just not, Lily's not answering, guys. So annoying, she's not giving me an answer. Right, that's just a really silly example, but that's just to illustrate what we do with our, with our prayer life, in general. If we talk me, to him. Me 100, if you're even praying at all, <laughs> to be honest. This is 100% of me, a lot of times, I'm guilty of it myself. We pray, if we pray, we pray, and we talk, 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 talk. But if we don't shut up,
4: if we don't stop talking,
0: prayer is great, please always continue to be in prayer. It doesn't say continue to always talk. Prayer is a conversation. So if, if you think that you're a great conversationalist but you don't ever stop talking, well you're not. You're just a great speaker.
4: <laughs> but
0: conversation is a two-way street I never gave Lily a chance to, to respond and yet I'm mad that I'm not getting answers from her and I feel like a lot of times you do that with God Like, God this, God that, God answer me this God I'm telling you this, you're not solving anything I'm not hearing from you, why can't I hear from you well when was the last time I stopped talking and just sat there to listen and if I don't hear anything right away To continue to sit there and listen. Because silence and prayer is just as important as speaking in prayer. and It's a conversation. Me speaking is just as important as me listening. Because that's the other part. She needs to speak too. God needs to speak to us. Prayer is presenting our request to God. But it's also surrendering my will to His. Like what Jesus said, you know, like, if the, take this cup of suffering away from me. If it's your will, if not, then, you know, like, I'm ready to take it on. And God, not my will, but yours be done. And it's so much more than just presenting your request to God. while well, that is part of it, but it's also surrendering your will to God. So as I'm going through this, like, two, three hours ago, I I got confirmation that prayer is where this needs to go toward. Because I was like, you know, how I started this off, um, Garrett was like, yeah, like, what the heck is in here in Colossians 4? like, okay, it's just, all right, farewell, these people are bringing my letters. I, okay, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this is about prayer. You know, two through six is all about prayer. And it's so important. And so I got, God gave me an extra layer of confirmation as I'm like, why am I, and I'm like circling back to why am I focusing so much on prayer lately on, on this section here? And then a notification came up on my Bible app saying, um, like, oh, I forget what it said exactly, but it was like a notification, I clicked on it and it was, um, you know, like try, try a reading plan about prayer. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So I looked at two of them. I want to, I want to read you guys the introduction, um. You know like the Bible plan that has like a um or it's like the devotional part of it. Um this specific prayer sorry, reading plan it's called Dangerous Prayers. It's a little bit of a lengthy. This is day one devotional. But I'm gonna read it. Why your prayers need to be dangerous? Like so many people, I struggled to pray consistently and effectively for years, even with good intentions. I'd often get distracted or even bored when I prayed. As a young pastor, a friend of mine helped convince me it was time for a change. For too long I had tolerated faithless prayers, but knew God wanted more for me, and I wanted to know him more intimately. Hey Craig, do you believe God still does miracles? Of course, I said. Good, because your prayers are so lame. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to laugh with him, but my friend's joke stung, mostly because he was right. Left speechless, I offered no defense as I processed the truth of his observation. I couldn't deny that he voiced a secret I already knew, but didn't want to admit and my prayers were pathetic. This plan is for anyone who feels stuck in, prayer, in a prayer rut, praying repetitive, predictable, and safe prayers. We serve a God who can do more than we ask or imagine. So it's time to stop playing it safe. We weren't created for a life of comfort. We are passionate and powerful, charged with changing the world in radical ways. I believe this plan will encourage you to break through the boundaries and will inspire you to pray dangerously and to live boldly. As I studied the Bible more, I marveled at the variety of prayers spoken by God's people. Not only did they pray about things that were incredibly personal, to conceive a child, for instance, First Samuel one twenty seven, but also their prayers were often so practical for food and provision, Matthew six eleven, and escape from their enemies, Psalm fifty nine one through two. Sometimes they seemed to gently whisper to a loving God, and other times they yelled at him in agony and frustration. Their prayers were honest, desperate, fiery, gusty, real. And then I was praying that God would keep me safe and bless my burger and fries. <laughs> my friend was right. My prayers were lame. Maybe you can relate. It's not that you don't believe in prayer. You do, but you're just stuck in a rut. You pray about the same struggles and the same requests and the same way at the same time. Even if you try to pray, oh, even if you try to pray at all, you probably know you should pray more, and with more passion, more faith. You want to talk to God and listen to him more, to share an intimate conversation like you would with your spouse or your best friend. So you really want to, but you aren't sure how, so your prayers remain safe. Flat, dull, predictable, stale, boring. My friend's uh, my friend's wake-up call convinced me that it was time for a change in my prayer life. For too long, I had tolerated lackluster, faithless, and mostly empty prayers. I knew God wanted more from me. And I wanted to know Him more intimately, despite my hesitation about what it would require of me. When we're seeking to communicate with God in real, vulnerable, and intimate prayer, He's not wrapping us up in a bubble of spiritual safety. Instead, He bursts bursts our what's in it for me bubble, and invites us to trust Him when we don't know what He will do next. Some days we feel blessed, other days we face challenges, opposition, and persecution. But every moment of dangerous prayer will be filled with His presence. Are you ready for more? Are you sick of playing it safe? Are you ready to pray daring, faith-filled, God-honoring, life-changing, world-transforming prayers? If you are, then this Bible plan is for you. And I'll share this. But be warned, there will be bumps. When you start to pray things like, search me, break me, send me, you may experience valleys, attacks, trials, pain, hardship discouragement even heartbreak but it will be the joy of faith the marvel of miracles the relief of surrender and the pleasure of pleasing God it's time to stop praying safe it's time to start talking really talking and really listening to God it's time for dangerous prayers boom I think that was like a mic drop because that was convicting for me and, um, you know, I, I, am I'm, I'm personally not a fan of praying in the same way every time. Um, and because just like anything, like if, if, every day I greeted Yana, hi Yana, good afternoon. Nice to be back home from work. How was your day today? Great. Thanks for listening. Bye. Like yeah. if I said that same exact thing every single day. Robot. <laughs> It'd be, it'd be ridiculous, but we treat God that way. And then there was another plan. I'll share both of these, but um, I won't read the whole intro. But essentially, it breaks it down to, it's a five-day plan. It gives a four, four-part acronym of how to pray. And the acronym is PRAY, P-R-A-Y. P is to praise. R is to repent. A is to ask. Y is to yield. Um, That was another plan that I saw here that's really good. That one's called pray effectively Um, The first one was called dangerous prayer if you guys are interested in that I'll I'll screenshot it share it in the in the Monday night chat if you guys are interested in that I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing that one for sure the dangerous Prayer, because I'm really intrigued in that if nothing else just the devotional I thought was really good Um, But to just hear it and to be excited about it and to to be like yeah, that's great. Oh wow I suck. I need to pray better like that does nothing um, and it's not, the point of it isn't to be like, hey, you're really bad at praying, but to encourage you to to pray for more. Just like that guy's initial question to his friend, like, hey, do you believe God can still do miracles? He's like, yeah, of course. Like, start praying that way, that God can do miracles. Don't just pray, you know, God, thank you for this day. Thanks for, you know, my friends. Thanks for my job. Bless my food. Amen. Like. Cool, great starting point. But. So what? Might be all I have for right now. Curious to hear back anything. If anybody has anything, if not, that's fine too. About prayer, questions, comments, concerns.
2: When you brought up, like, when you pray and you have to, like, wait for a response, like, don't just... Pray and then pray and then pray and then never have that time of like, almost like reflection. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes when I'm driving, like it was a, I was listening to a podcast and I was talking about like, when you're in a car, you don't have to turn on the radio. Like I know it's in every car and you always have your phone and you're always Bluetooth and music, but like you don't have to turn that on. You can just literally turn it off Mm -hmm. and just drive, which it might be boring, but I do, I've been doing it a lot recently and it's definitely made me more patient and like more calm, like when I get to work, like it just gets me ready. But cause like I'm really bad at like I don't know, like specific prayer. Like I don't have like in the morning. I suddenly have... sometimes I do. Like sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like I need to pray for something, or I'll be like not like like fasting and I'll pray more uh, like religiously, I guess. Then, but it's always more like throughout the day. I'm always just thinking of just all kinds of things, like either things I'm doing, things I've done either, like, kind of like in a repenting kind of way, and then when I'm in my car and I'm driving, I'm just kind of like I zone, it's probably not good while you're driving, but, like, zone out kind of and just think of just everything cool. that's going on. But, like, because, like, sometimes, like, you'll get that nudge, like, you know what you should be doing, but you're not always doing it, but at least you're, like, you're, you, it just feels like you're talking to God. And, like, in, I was reading again the, the beginning of 4, and it says to pray and then watch with thanksgiving. And I think praying, like when you pray like that and then you wait, it just makes you more thankful. Because like I'll pray for things, and then they don't happen. But even when they don't happen, I'm like, meh. Because it's, it's like, like that's the only word I can like the sound that comes in my head. Because it's like, hey, you prayed for it, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. And that when you watch in Thanksgiving, you just you pray, and then when it doesn't happen or it does happen. Just be thankful that you got to pray. And I just I think it's cool that when you said that, it says that Paul is also saying the same thing. you just, just be thankful, and then pray again. Be thankful, pray again, and just it's like a back and forth thing. Mm. So I like that. Cool makes you more of a more peaceful. You can always tell someone like there's a, like there's a variety of Christians, and like the more like not peaceful but like I guess like timid or like. Hot damn, that's a weird word. I don't know. You can always tell when someone is like content, exactly. You can always tell when someone's content with things, and that's kind of like reflects, I think, their prayer life. You know right. what I mean? And not just necessarily them praying every day, but them talking to God. Because, like you said, like when you're doing dishes, I did the same thing when I worked at Adams, doing dishes all day. It was kind of like talking to you. It's like talking to yourself. Like it's like it like it sometimes might feel like you're talking to yourself. That could be you trying, like, kind of talking to God, and God definitely hears that. Like, the Holy Spirit will intercede that, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not just you getting on your knees and folding your hands and closing your eyes. Mm-hmm. It can be all day long, just in constant reflection. Don't let your mind wander into like, oh my gosh, my life's falling apart. Just don't don't think that. Just yeah, think on better things. I had a
0: listening prayer exercise mm-hmm. when I was um. Uh, with a group of navigators years ago. And, you know, they were, they told us to go off, I forget how long it was for it. Probably felt like eight hours, but it was probably for like 30 minutes. 20, 30 minutes, something like that. And like, or maybe it was 20 minutes. I just go out 20 minutes, don't talk, just listen to God. It was difficult. It was difficult to not be distracted by stuff, to not fall asleep, to not want to just. Talk and talk and talk and and pray to God. I'm like, I I could just talk and pray to God for a long time, but like to sit there and listen, it's a whole nother story. Um, But that's my challenge to you all. 15 minutes. Try it. Phone, probably best to not be in the same room as you. If you have an emergency you're expecting, do you have an emergency you're expecting? Do you really? If you do, that's fine. If you don't have crisis going on in the moment. Put yourself in a different room. Fifteen minutes. You won't die. Promise you. The world will not catch on fire. Um, California might, but like you'll be fine. Like the world won't burn down. in Fifteen minutes. You're listening to God, Don't and if it, it. does, hey, <laughs> you just you know the world ended while you're praying with God. Is a, it's a pretty good day. Um, <laughs>
4: just
0: yeah. Just real quick.
5: There's a and I'll try and find it, but Priscilla Shire is someone I. And she speaks on prayer um, quite often, and she wrote an awesome book. But one of the lines that I heard in a TikTok snippet of Instagram letter was, was, you know, when we pray, we unleash the power of heaven. Like, that's an active participation that we get to play in bringing our requests to God, but also in faith knowing, like we talked about, or what we saying about, like, there is victory in the name of Jesus, and so praying in His name for whatever it is, even if it's whether it's personal or it's God, I want to see Your will be done. Right? I want to see we. There is something that happens up there that we receive down here when we pray, um, and it's it is it's unleashing the power of heaven in our own lives and here in the lives of the people that we're praying for, in nations that we're praying for, like, that we have an active role to play in bringing heaven here, and I just think that's so cool if we turn, like, if you think about prayers, like, this conversation with God that I'm having, I I get to be someone that ushers in His presence somewhere else, I get to be someone that brings he, like heaven down to earth for these people or this nation like I'm playing a part in that and take ownership of it I think that helps us kind of gain some perspective of like no I it is a conversation with God and I'm just talking with him but there is something powerful that happens mm-hmm. when I speak to him when I speak his name and I can expect powerful things to come from it um, and I and kind of what you and Garrett both mentioned about like praying during something you hate, I think for me, it's not necessarily praying during it, but like I'll play worship music during when I fold laundry because that's also my absolute least favorite chore on the planet, um, and it, and there is a lightness that comes in to me even if it's something tedious. I don't enjoy doing it, whatever it is. I find myself smiling. Why am I smiling? I'm doing something I don't enjoy. Why am I singing? Like, I'm annoyed that I have 3,000 clothes to fold, right? You know, but there is a lightness. And same thing when I wake up in the morning. I can tell you the difference in my spirit when I go to work, when I've had a chance to pray. And, like, just be like, God, like, I'm giving this day to you. I have this on my mind. This is going on. I pray a blessing over my workplace every morning. God, may your light come in here, and may it be in me that these people see you. Like, uh, pray a blessing over friends, over family, whatever it is, in the morning time. And I walk into my office with a smile, feeling prepared to face the day because I've invited God to be with me. And I say, God, like this, whatever happens today, I could get a very annoying phone call, which has happened in the first 20 minutes. And I'm like, all right, this is how today's gonna go. I prayed, God, you got help me because this customer is at me for this or whatever it is. But I have a confidence entering my workplace that I did not have prior um, on the days that I don't do that, that I sleep in or rush through it or whatever it is. There is a difference in myself, my spirit, the way that I operate because I've been in communication with the Father first thing. Um, and I cra- and the days where you don't, I crave it. I'm like, man, I know that that wouldn't have irritated me as much if I had just spent a little bit more time being at peace and taking the rest of the that God offers me. So all that to say, like, I, I personally can attest to how spirit-giving and life-changing it is to just say, just have that conversation. Because it doesn't have to be lofty, and it doesn't have to be long like my ramble right now, (laughs) but it can be super quick and super still personal. Like, God, like, this Mm -hmm. sucks. Like, it doesn't have to be pretty. He just wants to hear from you, and he wants you to listen. And I think that's so, so encouraging and so powerful, and I'm excited about those two things that we talked about, together. Cool. Awesome.
0: And with that, I will close this out in prayer. And not as a transition, not as a, this is what we do, or because otherwise it would just feel weird, but because we have the opportunity to talk to the creator of everything, that's why we're going to pray. God, we thank you for who you are and for who you've made us to be, that you've chosen us to be your children, to be sons and daughters of the eternal creator. Thank you that you've given us the opportunity and the ability to to talk to you at any given moment. No matter where we are, we can talk to you. God, help us to continue to bring up everything to you. The good, the bad, the ugly, the small things that really don't matter at the end of the day. And also the biggest things possible. To come to you asking for a miracle. miracle, Because we believe that you are still a miracle maker. um, That you can do wonders beyond what we can even fathom. The craziest thing possible, uh, if, if you could do anything, you are capable. Help us to remember that and to, to ask boldly to come to you believing that you can do it. Not that you will do it because you ask, because we ask, but um, and help us to put your will in the center of it all. To, to not have what we want to be the most pressing thing, but for your will to be accomplished, which is to bring people to salvation, to get to know you. God above all else, help us to listen this week. Help us to to bring our request to you and then to listen. To be okay hearing crickets outside, to be okay with awkwardness, to be okay feeling uncomfortable and unsure and, and unsure if we're even hearing from you, or if it's another voice. That's a great place to be. Help us to discern your voice, God. Help us to get to know you better. And when we're unsure if it's you or not, to help us look into it. To ask others. To dig into your word. To find out, is this what God would say? Help us to hear from you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the ability to pray to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time when God's presence is with us. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.